So this is a two-parter. No. Uh, in terms of frog races, we have Slads, Frog Hamoths, Bullywugs, Gripply, Blindheim, Grung, and Bactrakians. Though we only ever hear about Bactrakians, they're never actually seen. So none of them are good aligned. Does Wizards of the Coast hate frogs? And two, do we need more frog races? And why is the answer yes? <laughs> Do we need more? <laughs> um, we're gonna roll for it. More frogs. Uh, we were missing one of the dice. Okay, we'll no, I got one. Okay. I rolled a one. That's a three. I got an eleven. Okay, so um, no, we don't have enough. Yes, Wizards of the Coast hates um, all amphibian and lizard creatures in general. Yeah. Um, and uh, that is uh, some warm-blooded racism right there, and uh, I'm not for it. I love Grung. We did a one-shot with uh, Grung one time, and we it did. was loads of fun. Yeah. In my world, Grung are good aligned, um, so that's... They look like they should be. Yeah, yeah like they're cute, but they're also like poisonous and, and kind of fucking deadly, too, and they've got mm. like some cool little things about them. They're basically Pokemon. Let's be real. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah and I... <sighs> I you also missed the uh, Banderhob as well. Oh, did I? Okay. Yeah. So like, there's even more out there. Is, is <laughs> you're is all the just point. saying a lot of words that. <laughs> <laughs> um, and yes, we should get more, and they should be good aligned, or they should be neutral aligned. And uh, I want desert toads. That's the one we're missing. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. I like that. Makes sense. You were next, guy. Um, yeah, I rolled a one, man. Yeah, honestly, yeah, we should have more frog races because I think they're hilarious. Yeah, and there's toads, and they're just fun. But clearly, Wizards of the Coast like hates lizards or any sort of amphibian creature because it was just yeah, they're all evil. Why yep. are they all evil? All reptiles are too. Yeah. Right? Did Gary Gygax have like a just a horrible childhood experience with them? I feel like a lot of this shit came up in like third edition as well. Like a lot of this shit, and like you you want to know what I'm sick of actually is Twinga. We should replace Twinga moving forward with good aligned grungs. That would make me happy. Oh, that'd be adorable. Fine. I don't know. I agree. I get yes. Question mark. <laughs> <laughs> Stop being a jerk to amphibious creatures. And again, to your point, you can make them good in your campaign if you want to. Like, there is rarely do I ever really to pay attention to like the the actual yeah, chaotic the, neutral or whatever, blah, blah, blah. You can just do whatever you want. <laughs> I do yeah. it for the, for the monsters, like the frog hemoth, the bander hob. Those ones are clearly evil. Mm-hmm. But the moment that they've got a language and a society, eh, they're just NPCs. Yeah. Or like a hierarchy or like yeah. a, a way of like life. Like, yeah. And yeah. <laughs> we'll be addressing that a little bit later in this episode. <laughs> Welcome to the It's a Mimic podcast, where you never know what you're going to get. Welcome to another It's a Mimic episode, where we continue our conversation on monsters in Dungeons & Dragons 5th edition. I'm Adam, and with me today are Kyle and Megan, and this episode is called Slotty. It's just a phage. (laughs) I was very proud of that, I want you to know. Yeah, yeah. In this episode of the It's a Mimic podcast, the panel of Dungeon Masters is going to sit down and look at truly horrifying species bred from pure chaos, the Slad. With deep links to the Plane of Limbo and a rich history from previous editions, these aberrations can and will leave a disgusting surprise for the unsuspecting character long after the fact. 
There are lots of opportunities for role-playing with these monsters, and they bring a unique sense of cosmic scope to their dread. We're going to focus on the low-level slotty today, and move on to the high-level slotty in a few episodes. But before we actually get started, as always, kind of want to ask, have you ever run into the slot in your games before? Uh, let's roll. I would like to point out that I rolled another one, but you knocked it to a five. Uh, that's a nine. Okay. I'm a seven. Oh, and you're eight. eight. We have seven, eight, nine. All right. So talk to yourself. Later. I will. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I Really enough, I have not. I've like run into other amphibious creatures and other things in campaigns, like kind of knowing what they are, kind of not knowing what they are. So when I read about them, I actually really said, okay, I have to think of every campaign I've ever played with Adam. Has he used them before? And it took me a while to like, like, I don't think you have. I think you've used versions of other amphibious creatures. We've grung, we've used like all these kinds yeah, of things. Yeah, you guys have fought Bullywugs and Froghemoths and like... Yeah. But I've steered clear of the slot. Yeah, and I've never used them in my own campaigns. So I'm just like, okay. Um, and then I've only ever played in a few other long-standing campaigns that had nothing to do with really 5th edition environments. So I've never really had the chance to run into them. So this was all new to me. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, okay. I never even heard of them. I... Is, even when you listed off those amphibious names, half of them I've never even heard of. <laughs> so... <laughs> Well, some of them are, they just get like passing mentions in a, one of the campaign adventures, right? Yeah. yeah. Like they're, they're not really focused on, even the Bullywugs don't have the spotlight I feel they should in 5th edition. Yeah. yeah. Or, Frog and Moths is like one paragraph. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. even with these ones, I was thinking in my head, like, have I run into them and just didn't know it? You know what I mean? Like, but, and didn't. In- Funny story. We'll wait for my turn. Yeah. yeah. But, or like, and that's what I'm like. I'm like, there has to, and I've done that a million times with these things, right? I was like, yeah. no, Megan, you have fought that before. Yeah. And I'm like, well, I didn't know. Well, if that's because, as a dungeon master, I don't use their names. Yeah. Well, that's what we have Dan at the table for. Oh, is that a thing? And I'm like, fuck, Dan, stop. He ruins it for everybody. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but if, if he has his brain on him, or, and Dave is shutting up and pretending he doesn't know, you and Casey and Charlie and Mieka are often just baffled. Like, I've never seen this shit before. Yeah, what is this monstrosity? The moment yeah. it's a Yugoloth or an aberration or something, or something out of Bolos or, or Tomophos, yeah, you guys are in the dark. Which is yeah, unless, you're, unless I'm yeah. fighting a god that's very obvious, I have no yeah. idea what the hell it is. 90% of the time. <laughs> All right, you sound like a great player to have. Yeah. Right? I like to think so. <laughs> I like to like, look directly super, at that. Super <laughs> confrontational, though, with, with uh, Dan. I just make a lot of characters that are bitches, and Dad can't handle it. That's all. Yeah, yeah, it's the characters. Yeah. Kyle, what? <laughs> very. First of all, how dare? <laughs> um, I just recently ran into one for the first time. Actually, um, I mentioned to Dave last briefly. night. I mentioned Dave last night. We're talking about Slotty, and he's like, Kyle will have opinions. Oh, <laughs> well, I in the campaign we're playing right now. Aslod just stole, like, a magical sword that we had from us. Like, it was in human form, and it was in front of a whole bunch of bollywogs. And basically, we were trying to negotiate in good faith, and this motherfucker comes out and goes, I want that sword, and then just disappears. So now, we're trying to find him again. Good luck. Yeah. Good good luck. Yeah. Uh, Dave gave me the backstory on this guy, and, like, I think you have a campaign villain. Oh, uh, all right. All right. A, a semi-recurring campaign villain, uh, like, just... You know, I had the Archmage, it just kept popping up. That twat waffle, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to find a different word, but it's in my hand, I can't. <laughs> um, you guys have absolutely run into uh, a high-level slot mm-hmm. in my campaign. Uh, they were uh, shape-changed into a humanoid. 
And that will be a reveal for a future thing with the next campaign as we tie into it. Uh Uh, Also, Dan asked me about two years ago to not include any slot if I could help it. Okay. Um, Originally, do you remember uh, we fought Dr. Plimmons, who turned out to be a Rakshasa, who was doing all the the experimentation and killing... Body parts, weapons, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. genocides and whatnot. Yep, yep. He was originally going to be a death slot. Okay. Um, and then Dan requested that I that he has an idea for a mini campaign based around slot, but he doesn't want everyone to already be familiar with all their shit. Mm-hmm. Okay. Right. So I've held off as long as I could. I love slot. We should have done this these episodes back when we did the Hags episodes. Yeah. But Dan was like, "No, hold on, hold on, hold on. I want to do my campaign," and that was like a year and a half ago. And I'm like, "Oh fuck it, I'm not waiting." Yeah, fuck you, Dan. <laughs> you're, you're not on my podcast anymore, you son of a bitch. You have so. no control. Get off the pot. Yeah. yeah. Um, how dare you not have additional days of the week? <laughs> um. So yeah. So I kind of kept them loaded in the chamber, ready to go. Uh, I love them. And why mm-hmm. ran into them, we did a campaign in 3.5 against um, Slotty, and it was fucking wild. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'm excited to dig into this. But before we do, let's cut to a quick ad break. We've previously covered quite a bit in our discussion on monsters in 5th edition. For all of those episodes and more, you can follow or subscribe at Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, and dozens of other podcast apps. And if you'd like to support us, you can donate through the website, check out our store, or join our Patreon and get access to other episodes and series. If you'd like to pay for some ad space on It's Mimic, or just send a shout out to a friend, please reach out to us through our email and website that are listed in the show notes below. Before we get into what's going on on the It's a Mimic podcast this week, I just want to thank everybody who has subscribed to our YouTube channel. We just cracked 700 subscribers, which is more than I ever thought that we would get, considering we don't really have any video. So thanks to everyone for supporting us. Don't be afraid to drop a comment and say hello. This week we've got a couple of extra episodes. It is Legend Lore, where Megan and I sit down and talk Storm King's Thunder, as well as another episode with the ladies on Undead, where they cover what happens when you can't keep your head, or other body parts. But before any of that, we take a good long look at our expectations and our reactions to Dungeons & Dragons Honor Among Thieves, with an extra little bonus bit on the Patreon for Silver Tier subscribers. Anyway, let's get back to the show. Once upon a time, many, many years ago, Primus, the creator and ruler of Modrons, sat on his throne in Mechanus and contemplated Limbo, the chaotic neutral plane and ultimate realm of change, disorder, and anarchy. Were either of you guys on the episode where we covered the chaotic planes? No, nope. uh, I did the yes. I did the nice planes. You, yeah, you did the upper planes. I was all in the nice upper planes. Yeah, I think I did limbo. You did limbo. Yeah. So you're familiar then. I will keep we'll keep you up to speed then. Yeah. I can really briefly hear. Uh, lim- For the audience, this is unaware. You know. Yeah. <laughs> Um, Limbo is the, uh, chaotic neutral plane. It is the most chaotic and to the point where, um, all four of the elements being earth, fire, wind, and water, um, are all, sorry? That's a great band. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, I always have to double check because I will say uh, earth, fire, air, and wind. And that fucks me up because air and wind are the same thing. Mm -hmm. Anyway, so, um, those four elements are in 
constant flux. There are no rules, no laws of physics in Limbo. So you can be walking through a field in one moment and then suddenly you'll be in the belly of a dungeon and the next minute everything will be on fire and now suddenly it's geometric shapes and now you are falling through a river of blood and then the moment after that uh, you uh, are undead for no reason whatsoever. And it's just like the world around you is in constant flux and there are um, like pockets of pure chaos and pure energy and these small little bastions of order where the Gith Zarai have set up um, little cities, but it takes all of their psychic and psionic abilities to keep these cities from changing and morphing. So there's these, a handful of places where you can exist, um, but for the most part, the entire plane is just pure fucking just chaos and anarchy. There are not a whole lot of creatures that live here, except for the slot. So back to Primus. He was sitting there and he was looking at Limbo and saying, okay, Limbo's an issue because it is like radiating chaos out into the, um, into all of the other planes. Mm -hmm. So he made a mathematically complex and geometrically perfect stone in Mechanus and imbued it with law and order and organization. He thought it would bring order to Limbo and stop its influence on the other planes of existence. So he sent this massive, powerful stone to Limbo and it started to change the plane of absolute chaos. Modrons, Githzerai, and other creatures were able to eke out simple existences there uh, and build bastions and fortresses that they could keep the chaos uh, at bay from. But just as the stone impacted the chaos, the chaos impacted the stone. And from the stone sprouted horrible, twisted, bipedal, toad-like aberrations of pure anarchy and random-mindedness, the slotty, which is what we're talking about today. Hmm. Scholars and wise men uh, across the plains have since referred to Mechanus's great construction as the spawning stone because it actually spawns these aberrations. Yeah. Uh, and it still exists in Limbo to this day, constantly belching out more slotty. <laughs> but this isn't the only way that slotty can reproduce, which we'll get into in a moment. Uh, and as such, their numbers have always been swelling um, for eons. Since their inception, they just keep producing. Uh, and they now are the primary inhabitants of Limbo. They also are able to walk across uh, Limbo without being affected by the innate nature of the plane itself because they're birthed pretty much from the plane. Yeah, It's like two wrongs make a right. Yeah. Mm. They have wiped out all the Modrons in Limbo and will attack any Modron on sight just because the little constructs are so antithetical to the base philosophies of the Slod's mere existence, right? Modrons are pure order, slotty are pure chaos. Despite this violence, Primus still stands by his creation, believing that the spawning stone will still work if given enough time, and the slotty are just merely a minor, unfortunate, and temporary side effect. Um, they're clearly fucking not temporary. Yeah. Meanwhile, the slotty have been reproducing, spreading across the plains and even the multiverse, and can... Uh, and seem to be doing everything they can to swell the numbers and spread their unique brand of chaos wherever they go. And they truly are chaotic. While their reproduction cycle is horrific and violent, they themselves aren't necessarily evil um, for the most part. They're just anarchists and forces of chaotic nature. Among themselves, they have no hierarchy, but the general idea of might makes right uh, does rule them uh, to the point where uh, they could actually be murdered by other ones uh, that are uh, more powerful than them if they don't fall in line. Yeah. They can also birth more slot from slots, right? Like yeah. if they can catch the chaos phage and then become yeah. another. 
It's, they're weird. Yeah, it's wild. <laughs> we'll make you our own. <laughs> uh, they range in size, starting as horrible little tadpoles that are tiny and ranging up to large size. But it's the medium ones that are the most dangerous, and they're the ones that we're going to talk about in a couple episodes. We're going to focus on the large size mostly today. Frightening, by the way. Yes. Mm-hmm. A 10 foot tall frog thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that's, and that's medium. Oh, no, medium goes up to what, eight feet? Eight, yeah, and then yeah. the larger 10. Yeah. yeah. So uh, in this episode, we're going to focus on the two basic kinds of slotty that you're more likely to run into the red slotty and the blue slotty. Um, it's likely that we'll touch briefly on green slotty too, but we'll be saving their weird life cycle for a future episode. What's interesting though is that. The red slotty um, are the lowest kind of slotty in terms of power, but they are particularly violent, and their existence leads to the creation of blue slotty. The blue slotty are even tougher and deadlier, and they create red slotty. So there's an odd yin-yang to them, a bizarre reliance on each other, and an ever-spiraling life cycle. Any given red or blue slot walks upright with a kind of lumbering gait, and their large frog heads rest upon broad shoulders. They have beady eyes, bright, speckled or mottled skin with rough bumps on their backs, and claws as big as a human's forearm. Their legs are powerful and built like a toad's, and in previous editions, they had the ability to jump effectively across a battlefield uh, and, like, cover half the distance in one leap, which was particularly terrifying. We don't have that anymore in 5th edition, uh, but I will be homebrewing that shit in. Yeah, they really, like, dumbed them down. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, made them yeah. a lot pretty boring can, uh, the, compared to everything else I read about them. Yeah, basic. Yeah. <laughs> when, when I complain about the boring stat blocks of 5th edition, I think of um, demons, devils, dragons, and slod. Mm-hmm. They all got neutered, yeah. essentially. So they used to have like a croaking ability too, right? Yeah. That could stun people. Yep. Yeah. Some of them could. Yeah. Um, uh, they were also inherent spellcasters. Some of the other ones were, and we get a little bit of that, but not to the same degree. Like they were powerful spellcasters. Yeah. Before. Like even the fighting ones at one point had spells. So. Yeah. 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 Um, but uh, but this is kind of where the uniformity ends, uh, as far as the description goes, because no two slotty look alike. Um, move the same way, or act in the same manner. Because of the chaos of them, they are all different from each other. Mm -hmm. In previous editions, they'd have extra organs, or enlarged body parts, or even wings, tails, or hair. The weirdest one that I ever saw um, art for was slod with Medusa hair, so it was snakes. Oh, all right. I hate it. (laughs) Things got chaotic and fucking weird. Yeah. Interestingly, other editions actually point us to a weird kind of society-like tribalism that they had. In Limbo, because they're impervious to the chaos and the elemental storms there, the only needs they ever had were food, drink, and sleep. Therefore, the idea of possessions meant nothing to them. This encouraged them to trade items that they found or took for seemingly random prices. Trying to understand a slod is an effort in futility because their minds are absolute random chaos and you never know what you're going to end up doing during an interaction. There's a sense that maybe this might mean wacky or random encounters or low intelligence creatures fumbling over themselves like ogres, but the lack of intelligence, wisdom, and charisma in the lesser slotty have more to do with the fact that they're pure chaos and can't latch onto a large scheme. Mm. Uh, It's almost like... It's not that they're unaware of their surroundings. They have ADHD. Yeah. Um, They're not stupid in the traditional sense. They're distracted by the next shit that comes along. Um, And while you could play this up for humor, their lore is not humorous, right? Yeah. The other major factor of slotty life, at least for the red and blue slotty, 
uh, that we're going to talk about today is the fact that they understand power only in terms of what they have accomplished and who they have defeated somehow. It doesn't have to be in physical combat, although that's usually the context it's presented in. Mm -hmm. If they can trick or uh, subjugate another to their will, that also counts. Uh, if a blue slot dominates a red slot in combat, it's likely that other nearby slotty will challenge that blue slot in order to prove their prowess and skill. So if they dominate them through sheer force of will, others will come forward to say, no, I have more willpower than you. If, uh, you know, they beat them in a race, others will be like, I'm faster than you. Mm -hmm. And there's this consistent uh, idea of having to prove yourself. This means that there's an ever-shifting and always fervent reordering of power and dominance among the Slotty, unless there is a clear leader or victor. What this also means is that if you fight and defeat one, it's likely that others will come hunting you, not because you're a threat, but because you're a challenge. Now... There's a variant rule for the Salati called the Control Gems. You don't have to include this in your games, but experienced players will probably be looking for this. For Salati that are spawned directly from the Spawning Stone, they end up with a small piece of stone embedded in their brains. In previous editions, it was affixed to their skulls, but in 5th edition, it appears to be within the brain itself. The gem matches the color of the specific slot and is roughly the size of a human child's fist. If a slot is born in a different way, they don't have a control gem, and they're better off for it. It says in the Monster Manual that you can use magic, specifically the Imprisonment or Wish spells, or a successful DC-20 medicine check on an incapacitated slot to extract the gem. If you possess the gem, the slot must obey you. They can't be charmed while they're under your control, but they have to do what they're told. If you try to get one and fail the medicine check, it does heaping amounts of psychic damage to the slot, and you, and you will probably end up killing it. Yeah. Uh, if the gem is destroyed, then, well, then that slot can no longer be controlled. That's it. There's no negative side to that. Um, oh, and one other weird little detail is that Slotty who are in limbo are supernaturally attracted to the spawning stone. And if they touch it when they don't have a control gem, then one manifests within their brains. <clears throat> it says in the book that most Slotty in limbo end up with control gems one way or the other. I think this implies that there's a huge swarm of uh, Slotty at the spawning stone because they're all drawn there. And they would hang out there for a while. Like this is kind of their, their base yeah. Their, their center. Their water and hole. They have mating seasons. Yeah. Where, like, each color will go at a certain time of the year, and they'll just, like, swing around, and then they'll fertilize each other. That's what I read. So, like, I don't know, I guess they lay a huge clutch of eggs and then just... Well, they don't even... I don't want to say it out loud, but I think you can get what I'm going for. Yeah, and it's not even necessarily that... That was <laughs> an awkward fucking wink. <laughs> Never link at me again. And I'll do it again, too. <laughs> <laughs> um, as much as, as, as like, they do lay eggs, it's really not a part of their life cycle anymore in 5th edition. Yeah. It's all previous edition stuff um, because of kind of the gross imagery and stuff that it, that it gives there. But I would say that they probably leave the old or infirm slotty behind for the next cycle to come through to hit them with either the chaos phage or to impregnate them with the eggs and the tadpoles yeah. that'll burst from the like we're gonna get into that shit in a little bit but i feel like if you're not able to defend yourself they will just use their weird reproductive cycle on you to make better newer slotty or just straight up eat you yeah om nom because 
what food is there in Limbo? The one thing that they're just able to spawn from nothing is more slotty. Mm. Uh, once you have a control gem, it seems like the calling to the spawning stone is lessened. I couldn't find that anywhere. But the idea that the slotty are expanding out into the multiverse means that this call can't be too intense. And it only seems to affect the ones in any lore that I read uh, that don't already have the gem in them. It begs the question about what uh, slotty without control gems that are on other planes might think about returning to Limbo. If you were, for example, uh, in the in the Shadowfell as a slot, mm. and you did not have a control gem, would you want to go to Limbo? I feel like you're called back every once in a while, no matter what. Like, yeah, I feel like it's like a natural draw to be like, oh, I should it's, go back to this place. Specifically yeah. only well in Limbo, that, yeah. that you are called to the Spawning Stone. Okay. Yeah. And it is out there that they are trying to go out there and spread their numbers out into, into the plane. So, and remember, if you go back to Limbo, then you're called to the Spawning Stone, and then you get this thing in your head that other people can use to control you. It has no benefit for you to have otherwise. So <laughs> it's strategic for you to not have one. I, I would almost like if I was to have this in a campaign, I feel if you were to leave Limbo, it would have to be a certain period of time for you to lose the urge to go back. Because mm. I feel like you would, it was not like in my mind, it wouldn't disappear immediately because it's so ingrained in your being that you've been called back to this place to do this thing, that it would be a specific period of time that it would take for you to not want to do it again. I, I like the exact opposite of that. I think that you're right, but I like the idea of there being a slud uh, NPC that follows you through a portal and immediately goes, oh my god, I'm free of that. Yeah. And having that moment of, thank you, thank you so much. And because as much as they are chaotic and they're violent and they're set up to be monsters in 5th edition, they were an NPC race in previous editions. Yeah. They were a people with societies. They had their own ships and Spelljammer. They were able to uh, show up. And also, I mean, uh, Dragonlance features a red slot, like there's art for a red slot covered in tadpoles um, walking around in Dragonlance. There's nothing that, they're not even a part of the Great Wheel cosmology, right? Mm -hmm. Limbo does not exist for them. So it's interesting to think about how they exist elsewhere. And because we now have Spelljammer and the Radiant Citadel, the idea of planar hopping to and from different campaign settings uh, is a lot easier. Yeah. I assume that when we get Planescape, which comes out later this year, at the end of the year, we'll get even more ways to hop between Eberron and Ravnica and the Forgotten Realms and Greyhawk and all that shit, right? So, mm -hmm. um, it's just, it's interesting. I'm, I'm curious to see if the Slotty themselves will be treated as NPCs in books or just as monsters. Um, because I do like them as weird merchants, as as yeah. odd guides that you can't really trust. Yeah. As mercenaries that could flip in an instant. Mm -hmm. Right? So that, there's a really cool dynamic here because of the the random nature that you as a dungeon master can come up with different rules for each different one. Mm -hmm. And not like this group, this small tribe of them, this this small enclave of Slotty uh, all react this way. No, each one is different. Yeah. Yeah. So let's grab this onto themselves, kind of thing. Yeah. No. I have questions. Oh God! God Megan. Damn it, Megan. Thanks for catching that, Kyle. <laughs> I got a f twelve. I got a twelve too. Kyle got a two. I got a okay. two. Here, let's roll off, Megan. I like the fact that you, it bumped it to a larger number. Yeah. I don't remember which one I rolled. Uh, I got a twenty, so you got a fifteen. A fifteen. Okay. Well, it was, <laughs> I was like, I don't remember which one I rolled. You're like, mine's the twenty. Um, <laughs> 
I, uh, okay, so I'm going to ask you myself first. Uh, how do you feel about the weird kind of reproductive cycle? Uh, I fucking love it. It's wild. It's weird. We have nothing else like it. And it's goddamn horrifying. Yes. For anyone who hasn't read up on these things before. There's a clear amount of body horror um, that you can really lean into in this. And this it's is very grotesque. I, yeah. I, I love aberrations. The fact you get chest bursters out of this. We'll get into that when we talk about the red slot, right? But, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, just wait. <laughs> well, I, got, I got something ready for this. I got something ripe. Real ripe. <laughs> we, we also have some weird Kafka esque, like, metamorphosis, like, horror. From the blue slot as well, right? Yeah. Like, there's some gnarly shit going on here. I fucking love it. Uh, Megan. Um. Yeah, I agree. I think because I'm a I'm a horror fanatic, and it's horror, not horror sure. fanatic. Well, you can be both. Uh, I support it, Megan. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. Um. We gotta love ourselves, right? Yeah. You know. Yeah. <laughs> I will smother you with my hat. Um, but yes, no, I agree. Like, I think it's a, it's a new, interesting visual, especially for people that have not come across them before. And then having it like unfurl in front of them would be absolutely horrifying to describe. Yeah, especially yeah. if you're not playing in a, in a fearful, grotesque campaign. You're just playing in a regular D&D campaign. And suddenly this shit hits. And it happens. It's, it's very alien-esque. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like... I feel like this is one of those things that you mentioned, like, how do we feel about, like, I don't know, that, that scene in Aliens, and you bring that up into Session Zero, planning 90 sessions from now that you're going to drop this shit on them. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. Like, you can take a player, and then cool. three months later, yeah. you, like, hit them with it. Yeah. Yeah. Kyle, do you like it? I have a few thoughts on this, so get ready. Um, so I, I'm gonna oh, buckle okay. in, <laughs> buckling up. Uh, first, the stone itself—I love it. It's dumb. It's random, and it is like exactly what I would expect from a being of pure order. Like it screamed spelljammer to me when I was reading it. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, I can yeah. see that. But it's like, oh, I know. I'm gonna make this perfect rock, and then once chaos sees it, they're gonna have no choice but to, you know fall and get in line and then puts it in chaos and then chaos goes you know what that's great i'm gonna fuck there <laughs> I, this is where i am going to fuck yeah. but that's kind of how i run primus too is the fact that he is this all-knowing perfect computer that cannot see outside of his own limitations yeah has no right? concept of it yeah so so i mean he builds the modrons they are constructs right and so the idea, it would never occur to him that people will choose to fuck here because it's a, a land of order and not like sweaty body slapping yeah. in the middle of fucking limbo. <laughs> but it's, The sound. The sound of this place. With, with, I don't want it. With, 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 with ribbits. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, yeah, because I mean, I think life is the perfect example of, you know, a blend of order and chaos yeah. together too, right? So it's kind of... Slapping cheeks and croaks, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Everything. God damn. That that just just like summarizes my basic philosophy that everything boils down to either sex or death. That's a great motivator. So slapping cheeks and croaks. (laughs) (laughs) You're welcome. Thank you. I can get that tattooed across my chest. No, you gotta get it tattooed on your face. I also like how there's just so many ways they can reproduce, right? Yeah. Like, they can come out of the spawning zone, they can either get the chaos phase, they can get eggs implanted into them, they can... 
it, it's not even they can touch butts, you know, like yeah, they can touch they butts, do. but yeah. they can also like merge with other life forms as well, right? Yeah. yeah. Like I would I love the open opportunities that you have to mix a slod with something else as yes. well. Like I would love to see a slod dragon. Yeah, the idea is that the dragon would eventually just become a slot, but, you know, there's got to be a transition period, right? Like, yeah, but there was one I was reading about where, like, a tadpole gets mixed up with a quadrone, right? And yeah. so it basically teaches the quadrone, you know, free will and creativity and stuff. Yeah, you're bringing up stuff from previous editions, and the lore from previous editions is so rich. Yeah. We don't have that kind of shit in 5th ed, but we fucking should. So mm. I, I'm all about it. I'm with you 100%. Yeah. But what I do have a grievance with is the color system, right? Like, why does it go... From a color from... theory standpoint, it makes no sense. Yeah, and it pisses me <laughs> off. The green slot should be a purple slot, right? Yes. Yeah, that... Right? Yeah. And then or and then the next one should be... Um, Mauve? Orange. <laughs> no. Like, orange and something else. So, like, green mixed with red and green mixed with blue. I, I choose to think about it as it just being pure chaos. Like, the reason it doesn't make sense is because they don't make sense. Because chaos. Yeah, but, I mean, st- there is an order to them, right? Like, if, especially if you're digging into the previous editions, right, where they had mating seasons where they yeah. come back. Nobody understands it but them, right? They yeah. still have an order to them because they do still come from the order stone. So, I don't know. Um, my next question is, what are the thoughts on the chaos phase? But we didn't get into that yet, so... Uh, we'll, I'll save we'll that one back. for later. Yeah. We'll double back for that one. Um, what kind of evidence or clues might you leave to foreshadow an incoming slod issue? Uh, for me, uh, you're going to find a corpse with its chest burst out, right? Mm-hmm. Um, we didn't really get into it yet, but the tadpole bursts forth from the chest once someone gets implanted with an egg. Um, and I, I want to see that. Mm-hmm. I think at this point, most people are familiar with the idea of an intellect devourer and how they will burst out of a skull. Mm-hmm. So if you find a skull that has, you know, been blown open from the inside, they're going to be looking for uh, intellect devourers and mind flayers. But because slotty are generally unknown for most people, um, unless Critical Role has done slotty, and I don't know that. Yeah, I wouldn't but, know either, sorry. But I don't think that it's as, uh, as popular Um it would be really cool to see, you know, the, the chest, just the corpse of the chest blown wide the fuck open. Mm. That's just the beginning of your alien movie research project. Yeah. Yeah. But no, I was going to go the opposite direction and do the fact that people are starting to go missing, which is like a very classic D&D walk yeah. into a town trope. Yeah. You, go to the, you go to the tavern and they're like, oh yeah, like people have been going missing for an XYZ period of time. And like, you would never expect that it's a slotty issue. You would just expect that it's just like a something that's happening, another big, big bad or what have you. Yeah. But like they're taking people because they're giving them the the disease and hoarding them somewhere. And then eventually you find like a large corral filled with people with this disease. And then, yeah, I just think that that was the way I would go. Like, All of like, like different sort of like... Fucking Cronenberg-esque mutations. Mutations, They're all in the middle of it. The ones in the very, very back are almost slotty. Mm -hmm. The ones in the very front are just like, kill me. Yeah. Kill me now. Or it could be the opposite. Well, you go into a town or whatever, and then, like, you go to your local pharmacy, I don't know, or you're going to get your your people healed. And when you're there, you come across people that are trying to heal these 
people are in the middle of their transformation, mm. right? Oh, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, mine would have been the same. You find a corral of these people all stuck together, which I think also would fit in with yours, Adam, where you could describe an actual chest burster scene. Yeah. Right? I would also like it the, like in the evening time when it gets really quiet and you're in the middle of a forest, instead of hearing crickets, if you're like on watch and you do a perception check, you actually hear like the croaks of frogs. <laughs> and it's just like, it seems seemingly un... It's problematic. And they pull out their fucking list and start checking it off. Okay, is it coming from the trees? No, not grung. Is it super fucking loud and echoey? Okay, no, not a frog emoth. What do we got? Bullywugs? How do we know if it's a bullywug or not? Right? Like, you gotta slowly work. The sound of croaking frogs in the dark should terrify you. Like, hyenas laughing in the dark. Mm-hmm. That should fucking terrify you if you're a D&D player, right? Yeah. I... I also like the idea of uh, coming into contact with like a gray or a deathlord while they're in human form, mm-hmm. and they just talk about how they think your party would make great offspring. Like, oh, you look very strong. I bet you would make <laughs> gr- excellent children. Like, yeah. <laughs> Maybe you would like to come over sometime, have uh, dinner, yeah. meet my family. So we didn't really get into the gray of the death slot yet, and I want to really dig into it for the next episode we do it. Yeah. But I love the idea of them like squeezing the barbarians' like biceps and going, "Oh, you're fertile." Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I hate it. Yeah. <laughs> but like, do you think they take that into consideration when they're like? Like like, choosing their their meats. I don't know. Well, or... well, it's going to depend because they're so chaotic. I I I feel like they're going to see if you have a power, they're going to lean into it. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A sorcerer will be just as good. A, a weak little sorcerer that can cast um, third level spells is just as good to them as a barbarian or a fighter or a paladin. Mm-hmm. Right. So it depends what they want out of you. Yeah, I guess so. Touche. I don't think that they're going to bother too much with your average peasant, mm-hmm. right? Or children, necessarily. Like, a lot of D&D creatures will prey on kids. Your kids are not safe in Dungeons & Dragons. Yeah. There are too many fae and hags, and like, there's too much shit going on. Devils yeah. and... Goblin kings, you yeah, know. Yeah. yeah. They're just so easy to trick. I mean, come on. It's true. Um... <laughs> I almost went to a dark place. We're going to move yeah. on. Yeah, yeah, I was like, oh, I'm almost on a watch list now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, so, yeah, but with, with Saudi, I feel like they're they're targeting the important members of a society. Mm. And it might be political power that they want. If they if they think that they can get a green slot and then eventually a, a death slot or a, or a gray slot out of this, they may go hunting the mayor. Mm-hmm. Who might be physically weak and not have any magical abilities, but has political power, and that's a shape shifting opportunity in the future. Oh yeah. No. yeah, yeah. Right. So there are all sorts of different mentalities that they could come at, and again, they'll have different slot will have different mentalities. Mm-hmm. So yeah, um, I imagine like the lower level ones, they only have two prerogatives, and that's eat and reproduce. Because right, it's so built in to them they, that they do it accidentally. Like, they don't and, even have to try. And prove their power. Yeah. yeah. That's the other thing, too, right? So, mm-hmm. uh, what kind of unique role-playing opportunities can you lean into with the Slotty? Uh, I was thinking that there are two unique things, just sitting here talking about it with you guys right now. Um, two things occurred to me. Uh, one is when they're trading for items, I think even the red and blue slot will trade for items. 
And they will, but they will always want your most, your most powerful thing from their perspective. Yeah. So that they can therefore trade it to get more food, because what else do they want? Mm. Either more power or more food. Mm-hmm. Their claws are the best weapons that they have. They don't need your sword. They don't need your breastplate. They don't care. Yeah. Right? But they might take the uh, the monk's plus one uh, hand wraps, right? Or uh, the belt that lets you uh, enlarge or yeah. shit like that. Your giant strength potions, yeah. like that kind of stuff. Yeah. yeah. So, so they're not going to necessarily want your plus four sword. They're going to be like, what scrolls do you have, right? And, and they may want access to that. The other thing I'm thinking about is with the... Spawning stone and how it imbues limbo with a sense of order. Do you think the slotty that are closest to it, that have congregated around it, have clearer thoughts? Because they are currently being um, almost infected by the order of the spawning stone. So would you consider that being clearer or more guided and focused? Yeah, more ordered. Like, clear thoughts is in there able to, to... Focus with more attention. They're able to have more complex schemes. They're able to follow rules a little bit more. They'll understand the the idea of a mating season makes a lot of sense when you're at the spawning stone. But when you're 150 miles away from it, fucking why? Yeah. Why would we do that? I gotta go over here and I gotta go eat this and then I gotta go beat up that guy and then I gotta go jump over to, to the astral sea, right? Like... You have other priorities, but I feel like when you're by the spawning stone, you might get sucked into almost like a vortex. If you're going to, like, of of order, not an actual, like, maelstrom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but I feel like if you need to talk to the head slot, you head to the spawning stone, and you might actually get a clearer answer. There may be real motivations there. I don't know. I feel like it'd be, because their motivations then would be very specific. I feel like it gets clearer in the sense where they understand why they do what they do because they're kind of being controlled. So they're very limited in their options of thinking about other things. Yeah. Whereas I feel like when they're outside, it feels chaotic because they now have all these thoughts they're allowed to have. They're not very hyper-focused on their three main ways of living. Yeah. Right? So you're going to get that chaotic speech of like, oh, I can do whatever the fuck I want now. It's Rumspringer. You know what I mean? Like, I'm out of here. Whereas like when they're by the stone, they're like, oh, well, all I have to do is eat, sleep, and fuck. Like, And all of that's right here. Yeah, like, why would I ever leave? And it's very clear-minded in that sense. But, then, but it's closed, in my mind. Yeah, I think it depends on what your perspective of, like, how the Spawning Stone interacts with Chaos, right? And how Chaos interacts with the Spawning Stone. Mm. Because in my mind, the area around the Spawning Stone is more heavily imbued with Chaos, right? Because the Spawning Stone is trying to pull it into itself to change it over oh, and okay. then chaos is trying to attack it yeah and then bring it into chaos okay from my perspective the idea that it was being able to produce life was a little bit of chaos got into the spawning stone but the you need order you need to like line up the genetics appropriately to be able to push out like like and it is literally pushing out life forms all of the time yeah um it's not clear actually what the frequency is for when it actually spawns another slot, but I would say it's fairly frequent. Yeah. I mean, it's it, chaotic. It, I think it would just well, be yeah, I feel yeah, like it's totally at random. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I just think like the idea of spreading out into the into the multiverse has to be intentional. Yeah. Right? And so either the ones that are further away are able to kind of shake off a little bit of limbo and 
reorder their thoughts a little bit, or the ones that are at the spawning stone, and I like this dynamic too, where they are, they're like, okay, we have this plan. We are going to go and we're going to take over the nine hells specifically, because then we're going to get access to these places, and they've got this order. There's a plan, there's a structure, there's a way to move forward, but those motherfuckers get 200 miles out from here, and they lose <laughs> fucking strength. <laughs> They start like looking at their maps, yeah. throw them around. Like, yeah. I don't know what the fuck is this shit. And just because it is pure chaos, occasionally someone ends up in the nine hells, and they yeah. try to do something, but it's not at all the plan. It's like it's like uh, in Guardians of the Galaxy with Baby Groot and the red button. Yeah, right. Every time that they get far enough away, they just lose sight of what the shit is and, yeah. like, that they're supposed to be doing. Okay, I'm gonna go over here. Oh, look, a butterfly. Yeah. Oh my. <laughs> Someone had a really important message to send. God, I hope it wasn't <laughs> <Yeah>. me. <laughs> Why do I have this? I can't even read. Why do I have this bag of mail? <laughs> Is this food? <laughs> I'm going to eat it anyways. Aww. It's not not food. Yeah. No, that kind of leans into like, my idea of what to, you could lean into for role-playing. And it's like, sometimes you have to remember that most of them are going to be mind-controlled. So they're going to be very narrow-minded sometimes. Yeah. So even in their chaos, like they're going to have one thing that they have to get done. Right. So it's always going to come back to that. Whether or not they're going to have, be cognitive enough to trade with you or they're going to be cognitive enough to understand that they can't or can beat you, they're still going to have a train of thought being like, this is my goal and this is supposed to be due because they are mind-controlled. Some of them, anyways, yeah. right? Depending on what they're mind-controlled for. So depending on your campaign, what you're using them for is remember that they're mind-controlled. And if they are being mind-controlled, be very cog- like like noting what it is that their their goal is because they're going to be very focused on that, if not everything else around them. I think if you have their control gem, that'll be the calmest slot you'll ever see. That's it, like because they, they're like, oh, I don't, I don't really have to think of anything because like someone is in control. Yeah, yeah. So. A voice is cutting through the white noise static inside my head. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, it just shuts everything off. Radio silence. <sighs> Quiet. And then they get their stone back, and it's like, ah! <laughs> <laughs> must go fuck. <laughs> That could be an interesting story if they gave it up willingly. Like, they're like, take it out of me. Like, yeah. I need. Well, oh, I'm... you have to quiet my mind. Take it. Take yeah. control. I don't want to. I don't want. Like, or, or or is it the exact opposite? Or would it would it horrify them? It's too quiet. I think about like any time in Star Trek that a Borg gets like separated from the collective, mm-hmm. and they're all like, "Oh God, where's everybody else? Yeah. I cannot hear the voice anymore. Where's the collective? Right? There's no hive mind here, but." Suddenly the chaos, the the what suddenly you're able to stop and string together a full thought. Is that terrifying if you've never done that before? Okay. Or is that empowering? So I also am now thinking about it in the opposite direction, the sense where one person has multiple stones. Yep. And then they can only all of them hear the voice at the same time. And now that like if they lose that voice, they would go insane. So they can't leave this person or, or each other at a certain distance because they would, again, lose that quiet mind. If you've got mm. players who are are consistently, um, like, they're, they're long-term players. They've run into slot three or four times now. Yeah. Then having them run into a marching battalion of slot, of slotty that have fallen into ranks and are using weapons and shit would be like, what the fuck is this about? And it's because somebody has collected 700 stones. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And so now now the slotty aren't acting like slotty anymore and you've got a, a mastermind. Mm-hmm. That's badass. That's frightening. Yep. And it's a yeah. fucking no. Like, you just know it is. <laughs> 
He's riding on the shoulders of the biggest one to the <laughs> yeah. back. Yeah. yeah. No inherent powers either. Ran across one of these by accident one day and just like, well, yeah. go find another one for me. And it's just been spiraling out of control for six years and now he's got an army. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. All right. Yeah. I like that. I love it. Um, so Slod have natural enemies. Um, clearly the Gith Zarai, who are also in limbo and represent order. Uh, they can't stand Modrons. And some of the older lore has them versus uh, devils quite a bit as well, because devils are lawful evil, and devils have a plan for the way that the universe should be run. And the Slotty are not following that plan. Yeah. Uh, this is also true of Celestials and uh, Illithids as well. They have a plan. They know how the universe... Uh, remember, Illithids have already conquered the universe, traveled back in time, uh, and are displaced because their empire has uh, fell at the end of time, and they need to get back to that, right? And I'm sure that they have opinions of the slot uh, or the slotty. So, who's your favorite antagonist against the slotty? If you're going to have a big set-piece um, conflict between the slotty and someone else, who do you pick? I, myself, am going to pick Devils, because now this is some warlock shit I get to bring into the... Into the table. Yeah. Right. Where a devil pops up and says, hey, the enemy of my enemy is my friend. Hey, adventurers, I need your help. And I will give you shit if you kill that. And now you're uh, aligning with the devils? Yeah. That's mm. that's suspect at best. Right? Yeah. Or depending on, like, what your character, like, your, your PC's backstories are. You can tie it into what your warlock's gods of end yeah. game is. Yeah. Right? So you can actually tie it into your players, which would make it very easy. Yeah. yeah. Do you have a Do you have a favorite? I like the GIF, and I think it's because we've talked about them a lot. Yeah. I and again, I think it's the good the good versus evil, but it's also the mind control versus the mind control. The poor GIFs awry have so many fucking like inherent enemies everywhere yeah. around them. All. <laughs> the the GIFs Yankee, the Illithids, and now the Slotty as well. And none of these are just like chumps. They're no. like fuck. No, but again, I also like the mind control versus mind control aspect to it as well. Like, cause yeah. you can play with that as much as you like with it with a PC as well. So yeah, I go GIF. Or right. I I pick Modrons because I think it's a hilarious mental image. These giant <laughs> hulking frog creatures fighting the, the kind, like small size robots. Yeah, <laughs> right. It's just get. I think devils would probably use them. Right, like it would be part of their plan as like a distraction. Send these in, or like somehow lure them somewhere, right? Mm. One of my favorite things about Modrons, and I bring this up once every like eighty episodes or so, is that they cannot perceive of any other Modrons that are two levels away from them. So like, there's the modern drones, which are the spheres. Duo drones are obviously the they got the two faces, and then uh, tri drones and and quad drones and so on and so forth all the way up. But if you are a six-sided Modron, you cannot conceive of anything below a uh, Quadrone or anything above an Octodrone. They just do not exist. They are part of the landscape, and you are not aware of the fact that these are creatures. <laughs> so having an army go to war like that, like your programming does not allow you to see or recognize these creatures. Which is fucking wild. It's hilarious. Some weird concept. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. But the idea of the frogs just ripping into like the biggest one there and all the little ones just standing there going. Ah. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I wonder what that frog is doing. <laughs> it looks mad. <laughs> so um, I want to get into really quickly here um, the slod tadpole. 
There's not a whole lot here, but we do have a stack block. Um, they're going to be very important when we talk about the red slot in a minute here, but here's a little context for you. Uh, the slot tadpole uh, has a AC of 12. It is tiny, chaotic neutral. It, it This thing is essentially a mouth. Uh, it, it is it is a, a very large tadpole with, you know, jagged teeth. Mm. Um, uh, it's got 4d4 hit points, which is an average of 10. And it can actually move up to 30 feet, which is surprising how much these things can wriggle around. And they're so, so tiny. Did you say 40 feet? 30. They're okay. just super fast, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Like, I imagine being a kid trying to catch tadpoles in the water and, like, be like, eh. And, yeah. like, not being able to get them. <laughs> <laughs> um, interestingly, they don't have a swim speed. Yeah. I thought that was really weird, too. But, I mean, I think that they burst out of a chest and then just go scurrying across the land and. It's, it's built right in that uh, it's a matter of hours before they become a full slot, mm-hmm. right? So um, they have high decks, average con, and everything else sucks. And uh, their <laughs> stealth is plus four, which is hilarious. Gives me that face hugger kind of feel to it as well, right? Mm. So um, they have damage resistances to acid, cold, fire, lightning, and thunder, which would help them survive in limbo, right? Um, dark vision up to 60 feet, uh, shitty passive perception. They understand the language of slod, but they can't speak. And they've got a CR of one eighth. Also, they have what all slotty have, magic resistance, which means it has advantage on saving throws against spells and other magical effects. Uh, in combat, they can bite, uh, which means they can actually slither up to 30 feet towards you. The image of that is really gross. Just coming right up to you and just chewing on your ankles. Yeah, they would uh, definitely leave like a mucus-like trail. Oh, I think oh yeah. So. yeah, like a slug. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's uh, plus four to hit, and uh, they do one d four plus two piercing damage. So they're not huge threats, except for the commoners that your party is is uh, escorting to safety. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I I I do love having these low level threats attack large parties that are getting like caravans that are getting escorted no. that have four hit points and an AC of ten. Right? So these things will be downing the average peasant left, right, and center. Cows are dropping as these things burrow in. Right? It's it's a lot of them. against adventures, not so much. Interesting opportunity for uh, for actual encounters though with them. Hmm. Let's roll dice on the tadpoles themselves. So assuming there's no other slot uh, slotty around, I have some questions about how you would have tadpoles themselves be an encounter. So let's roll dice. Okay, okay, okay. I got a fourteen. I got a four. Seven. All right, uh, that's a one, Megan. No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> You're lying. That is a one, Megan. Oh. Um, I hate everyone. <laughs> these guys are not necessarily about... I don't think you can build necessarily a quest around a tadpole. It's hard. Yeah, uh, yeah. It is, especially because they're not a tadpole for very long. By the time that you are quested and you've gone out to go shopping and, all right, we're ready to go kill the thing, you have a slot. Yeah. Right? So um, so we're just going to skip that one. The body horror aspect here is, I think, the key thing. Mm-hmm. They're going to be slimy and razor-sharp teeth and... And just horrible, like, I think about the modeled nature of a, of a um, red and blue slot. Uh, most of them are like this, but they've got this, like, uh, speckled skin that's all chaotic and bumpy and gross. 
So these things are not just like smooth worms either. They're, they've got some texture to them. Oh, like they're covered in pimples. Yeah. I was When you were saying like speckled, I immediately thought of, did you guys ever watch Reboot when you were a kid? God, yeah. The slugs in Reboot? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, Are they I not can... just red and blue slotty? They're, they're nulls. Yeah, like, oh. Uh, Anyways, that was a sidebar, but there you go. Assuming that, that they had razor-sharp teeth and a desperate need to feed on, on flesh. Yeah. Um... I assume that all slotty are omnivorous, but choose to be carnivorous. Yeah, it there's not a whole lot of plant oppor- life. opportunity eaters. Yeah, yeah, I mean, like if, if I can eat it, I'm gonna eat it. Yeah, like I don't really, yeah, uh, yeah. But I don't picture you know cornfields in limbo. No, I don't no. see them being like I could really use a salad today. <laughs> like I just need some leaves. You know, like sometimes you're just like, okay, I'm on a bender and I should probably eat a vegetable. I don't yeah. think they get that feeling. They're like McDonald's no. every day if I could. Although you could totally come across one just going to town on a field of pumpkins. Yeah. Ooh, that's fair. Anything that they could burrow into and yeah. like maybe hide while they wait. Right. Yeah, how do you, is there anything else besides, okay, so slimy, they're bumpy, they got razor sharp teeth, they're fast and stealthy. What else as far as body horror? Yeah, I mean, just coming out, like you were saying chestburster, but I think it would also be fun if they like just burst out of their face, right? It doesn't have to be the chest. The, yeah. the artwork is out of the chest, but like, yeah, you find a guy with a big, big old hole in his butt. Yeah. <laughs> fucking dream catcher style. I mean, I don't know why your parties are searching that. I erased that movie from my mind. Thanks for putting it right back in there. Uh, come on. Anything that gives you the phrase shit weasels is the best fucking thing. Is it? Yes. I'm going to go home and watch that movie now. I'm going to watch the shit out of that movie. You know, I'm so upset how bad the movie was because the book was fucking amazing. I can imagine. Most, yeah. yeah, most of those book-to-movie adaptions were not very well done. No. But, anyways. No. Yep, yeah, anyway, yep. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I, I do think that bursting out of, and like an odd thing, like out of an eye socket. Yeah. Right? Or it shouldn't just be directly out of the center of the chest, out from the armpit. Yeah. yeah. Right? Like they should be chewing their way to the path of least resistance. Start choking, goes right through the throat. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. And it's coming out with velocity. Oh, yeah. I think so. It yeah, launches. Yeah. It launches and splats on the ground for one damage and then just takes off. Right? Yeah. Ugh. Yeah, right. I like the I like the idea of you know you can progressively see this person getting worse and worse, and you're like, well, what's going on? And I would like, and you just can't tell. They're eating and, and eating and eating. Sudden, they're like, getting sick. You go, oh, 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 and then just blood and bile and. I'm so glad we have that pus. sound recorded now. Yeah, it just like <laughs> explodes out their mouth. Like the, your your NPC because you have to infect an NPC first, yeah. right? Yeah, you can't just do this to a. To a player character without warning. That's not. No, fair. you just do it to their boyfriend or whatever. Yeah. You know, it's oh. fine. Yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> so, but the idea of them going, oh, are our rations good? Do you guys feel it? Oh, that's just, I'm not feeling good. Hold on, I gotta go step behind a tree for a minute. There's something wrong with my stomach. Mm-hmm. And then suddenly screaming and gurgling. And remember, they burst out, this person might not be dead if it comes out from, from a stomach. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's writhing in pain. Yeah, we have magical healing. Yeah. So that's actually kind of fun. Oh, that'd be some like psychotic damage right there. Yeah. But I was also thinking of doing it the opposite of like the tapeworm aspect where like. So it goes up the butt? Up the butt. But no, like no matter how much they eat, they're not satiated because it's in their stomach eating whatever they eat. They're and always so hungry. They're yeah. always yeah. hungry and your rations are disappearing. Yeah. And then it's not until like one night where you do watch with them that you find out that they're eating all of the food at night kind of thing. 
And so they become like that that long, slow play horror, and then all of a sudden it just bursts out of their stomach, and you realize, oh well. Yeah. Tapeworms are bitches. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you just think they're a dick, and then. <laughs> yeah, you're like fuck you, and you like you like draw your sword. And you're like, what the fuck are you doing, eating all of our food, all of our rations? Yeah. Like, we picked you up, we took you in. Like, what's wrong with you? And I, then yeah. I, okay, I know we haven't talked about the chaos phase yet, but uh, this is when I mean, spoiler. We'll, we'll get to this. I'm jumping ahead, but yeah. Uh, speaking of, of of the eating habits, I don't imagine Slotty do a whole lot of cooking. I no. assume they eat their meat raw. Yeah. For sure. So your NPC is is not is eating rarer and rarer meat and then just raw bloody meat. Yeah. And then you wake up in the middle of the night to find that their shoulders are broader and they're hulking over the dead horse just going to town on it. <laughs> right? Or, or or over the halfling yeah. that was yeah. traveling with you and the halfling is dead. <laughs> they're just They've got, like, a fucking arm sticking out of their mouth as they're eating. Like, yeah. oh. Crunch, crunch. You wake up just bone crunching. Oh. Yeah. yeah. Wet, wet. Wet squelching. I oh, imagine... Sucking the marrow out of the bone. Ah, yeah. delicious. I don't know. I imagine them eating stuff whole. Like, just... Ew. Right? If they can fit it in their mouth, they're just swallowing it like a snake. So you wake up and you see them, like, their head tilt back and an arm in the mouth just slowly... Going down, oh, snaking it down, yeah, and then just like licking the fingers as it goes in. Uh, uh, hold on, I'm gonna, I'm gonna add one extra level to it. The head is back, the arm is sticking out, but it's sticking out like the whole forearm is, and a long ass tongue wraps around it and drags it. In. Oh. oh, this is this is why I like Slotty. <laughs> <laughs> um, role playing options for tadpoles, there are essentially none. Yeah. Uh, exploration opportunities for tadpoles. Follow the slime, follow the blood, follow the corpses. Right? Yeah, there's, you, you there's come across a, a gross, weird, sludgy pond, but it's not actually a pond, it's just a it's puddle viscera. of viscera. Yeah, yeah. yeah. you know. Um, and as for combat, I mean, they, they come at you and they bite. Yeah. Uh, they'll probably try to get as close as possible. Um, they don't have a whole lot of intelligence or wisdom, they don't have a whole lot of charisma. But I do feel like they would have enough instinct to know when to hide when they're outmatched. Yeah, I feel like they still have a survival instinct. Exactly. Right? So uh, they'll they'll hide unless they're backed into a corner, and then they'll fight. Um, and uh, and they'll wait to latch onto something or somebody that is alone. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So um, let's uh, let's talk about Red Slod for a moment. Let's do it. Yeah, let's do it. So Red Slod stand about eight feet tall, weighing up to seven hundred pounds. Uh, they are also called the blood slod, and they are large bipedal frogs with red skin. They can be flecked or just straight, come in all sorts of shades, right? There's no real, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Pattern? Yeah, pattern. They could be mauve, they could be like fire truck red. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, and that's it, is they all do look different from yeah. each other, but they are all gross. Yes. Can you imagine one that's just completely smooth? It, no. Oh, I don't oh. want it. Stop. I don't know why, but I just... Adam, why are you the worst? Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> they've generally got a ridge of short spines that run down their spines, and they've got long, sinuous arms that hang down almost to their feet, and massive hands tipped by equally massive claws meant to rend flesh from bone. These basically look like apes mixed with a frog. Yeah, with a frog head and no neck. Right? Yeah. And then just the long, gangly arms that are almost like dragging air along the ground. Gangly is a fun word. Gangly. Gangly. (laughs) Gangly parts. (laughs) (laughs) They are... 
They are short-tempered, vicious, and dumb as a bag of rocks. Uh, red slides are the lowest ranking member of the slot family in 5e, other than the tadpoles. Uh, they are often used as thugs by the higher ranking slots to increase their numbers. Uh, a gland under their claws can implant eggs into a victim's skin that will gestate into a tadpole, uh, which then begins feeding on their host. When the tadpole has gotten all the nutrients it can from a host, eventually evolving into a blue or green slot, uh, if it is a spellcaster of third level or higher. Uh, from what I have gathered, they've remained relatively unchanged other than being neutered of a couple of their abilities uh, and then they also used to have a juggernaut form when they consume too much chaos energy so they spent too much time around yep. in the in the mating spawn pool yeah they become a juggernaut ew <laughs> <laughs> i mean i love that for them yeah <laughs> Do, do you? It's only the I smooth. Like you don't. It's only the smooth ones that do. <laughs> the, the bigger they get, the smoother they get. Yeah, uh, <laughs> and it stretches their skin out. Uh, and, and I feel like their voices are really calm too. The smooth ones are. I am a juggernaut. Ew. <laughs> I hate it. What's wrong, Megan? Stop it, Adam. <laughs> don't look at me. <laughs> uh, they are large, chaotic, neutral aberrations. Uh, with 14 AC from their natural armor, uh, 93 hit points, and 30 feet of walking speed. It does seem weird that they don't have, like, a jump or a swim speed. I just... It's... I was expecting, like, a jump or a climb or something. Yeah. You know, because they're technically, in my mind, amphibious, but I think they don't even have the amphibious um, trait. No, they don't. But yeah. I imagine, like, swimming through limbo, too, right? Like, just... It I, seems... I really feel like they need to be a little bit more amphibious, a yeah. little bit more frog-like. Yeah. I want the jump, I want the tongue, I want the swim speed. Yeah. yeah. I just realized that I said on the internet that I wanted the tongue. Yeah. Well, you're not the only one, Adam, so... <laughs> wow, guys! <laughs> like, if you could leave for a moment. Yeah, yeah I could have a hot second. <laughs> Wait, we're going to make a spawning pit here? <laughs> yeah. let, me get, let me get the crystal for you. <laughs> <laughs> That's an interesting shade of red you've turned, Kyle. <laughs> that is the noise it makes. But only the smooth ones, right? <laughs> I really don't want to go into the discussion of what they sound like. <laughs> for stats. <laughs> Thank you. Thank, Thank you for rescuing it. Thanks for that, yeah. They have a plus three to strength and con, uh, plus one to dex, and a negative two for intelligence, wisdom, and charisma. Uh, they only get a plus one to perception for skills. Uh, they have resistance to acid, cold, fire, and lightning, and thunder damage. Uh, 60 feet of dark vision, and they can speak slad, but they also do get 60 feet of telepathy. Uh, for abilities, they get magic resistance, so advantage on saving throws against spells and other magical effects, and regeneration, where as long as they have 1 HP, they get 10 back at the beginning of their turn. Uh, they get a multi-attack, which is 3 attacks, uh, it's 1 bite and 2 claws. The, the bite is plus 6 to attack, 5 foot reach, and deals 2d4 plus 3 uh, piercing damage. The claws are where the fun comes in, so they also, they have the same... Uh, deal, but they do 1d8 plus 3 piercing damage instead, and also if the target is humanoid, it has to make a DC 14 constitution saving throw, or become a host for the slad's egg. 
Uh, a single host can only carry one egg at a time, and it takes three months for it to mature into a slab tadpole. Uh, there are no additional effects until the 24 hours before the tadpole makes its escape, at which point the host begins to feel unwell, their speed is halved, and it has disadvantage on all attacks, ability checks, and saving throws. Uh, when the tadpole is ready, it will burrow out through the victim's body, nibbling on various tasty organs on the way out. Uh, it takes one round to do so and kills the host in the process. Uh, the disease can be Okay, cured. so it does kill the host. It's not like yeah. you can sit there and be healed. Aww. You need resurrection magic. I okay. feel as a DM you can retcon that, though, and be like, you're alive. I feel like for my sidekicks, my yeah. my important NPCs, I'll let them try to Have heal. a moment. Yeah. yeah. You get some final words. <laughs> oh, it just like sits there on the ground, staring at the open wound in its stomach. What? Happened. Just this pure psychic. Yeah. Damage, yeah like, <laughs> get out. Yay. Yay. Uh, yeah, and gives no symptoms before the day it actually happens. Would you warn your players if that something was wrong with them beforehand, or would you give them a clue that they might have an egg implanted in them, or would you just let them for not a, know for three months in game time for a player? Yeah, for a player. Oh, you let them know. You you yeah. let them know that they've got an hour to deal with this shit. You are feeling bad. You're getting levels of exhaustion all day for no reason. Yeah, if no. someone does a medicine check on you and is successful, I'd be like, yeah, you now have a thing. Yeah. yeah. No, 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 but I mean when they're first implanted, like let's say you're playing with somebody who has no idea what a slot is, right? When they first get attacked. Oh, within three months? No, yeah. no, 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 no. No, I, I'm going to let it go. So three months is roughly 90 days. They go 89 days with no idea. We did this at level four. Yeah. We are now level 13, and you are about to burst. And die. Yeah. yeah. Um, do you think that it, I mean, it doesn't speak slod, the tadpole that comes out, but do you think it would be able to, in common, say, mommy, as it comes out? <laughs> uh, you would make it do that, yes. Because yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you're a monster. <laughs> well, I mean... My God. Do they have languages? Sorry, that's one thing that I couldn't quite remember. Yeah, they, they, have, they, they speak, speak slot, slot. They, and they themselves, but... have telepathy. Uh, okay. Yeah, and I feel like in the past editions we've seen merchants and stuff, like slotty merchants. Unless some of them would know common if they've been out in the multiverse enough. So. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Anyway. Is that it? Did you have more, Kyle? No, that's pretty. That's it. That's it. Yeah, they're frog people. They poke you. You get infested with a <laughs> with yeah. a slug, and then you die. <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> I'm uh I'm sorry, I'm looking it up right now about their intelligence of, of six. They are as intelligent as you know, I see like a like a knoll. Yeah. But I think that kind of speaks to the fact that they have a purpose. So having existential amounts of knowledge and intelligence is not not really necessary. Yeah, they're they're smarter than a hill giant. And like I say, they're not they're not traditionally dumb. No. They just why would they ever read a book? Yeah, they're yeah. focused. Yeah. You know? Like um, they're like, this is what I'm doing with my life, I don't really need to know anything else. Yeah. No. Well, and they're distracted from doing any real learning. Yeah. Right? Uh. So they they learn by personal experience only. Yeah. Um and so I don't think that they are going to be hilarious oafs that are tripping over themselves. No. Um, they're, they're frightening and creepy and gross and want one thing, and that is your face. Yes. Like. All right. Um, shall we roll dice again? Yeah, We're man. having such fun with the dice. I swear it was a seven. 
I got an, oh. I got an wow. eight. Wow. Four. Uh, two. <laughs> All right. I'm just, I keep asking myself questions. Okay, mm. so for a red slot. Would you like me to ask you questions this time? Would that make you Please. feel better? Yeah. yeah. Uh, Adam, could you give us a quest that you would use? Uh, for a red slot? Yes. Um, these sort of creatures are not necessarily out there for big schemes and big plots. A simple quest, whether it's a little sidebar or a one-off adventure to do today, uh, if it's just a single red slot, you got to nip this shit in the bud right now, right? You can't let one of these things out and be loose, or now you have a slot problem. Mm-hmm. So um, so this is one of these instances where it is a an NPC who knows what you're dealing with, can describe the body horror to you, and say, look, this is what's happened. Come, I'll take you to our morgue area, right, and I will show you what's happened to other people. It's somewhere loose here in the village. Go get it, and it's a hunt, right? You have to get it, and there's a time limit. Don't let it kill more people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, but then I feel like it's going to be attached to something much larger because you have to remember that at some point it might be it might be in the town because it is being controlled by someone. Yeah. And so it might be like the one that they sent off to go and kill or infect like their big big bad enemy. The other thing that I really like as well is that if you have a red slot who is being controlled by someone with a with a chaos phage, yeah. The quest here is that that person is getting the red slot to run around and uh, slice at people, not kill them. Yeah. So everyone in the village has been wounded by this thing, and nobody's been killed by it. And it's been a problem for two and a half months. Yeah. yeah. They have all these scratches that won't necessarily heal. Yeah. Or, like, things and, like that, right? Yeah, and there's yeah. all these stories of it. But they're like, it's it's uncomfortable, it's gross, it's painful, but we're okay. Like, we're, we're not dying. Mm-hmm. Can you please deal with this thing? And then by the time that you go out for a week into the wilderness, or you fight the thing and you come back... To everybody, just one at a time, start just chest bursting. The whole village starts to go. <laughs> just <laughs> popping off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just imagining your party walking into town, and then the first person they walk up to to talk to, it's just like, and they're like, oh shit. And then they go to the next person, and then it happens, like as soon as they get like two words out. And then your party is just going around town as each person dies individually. Yeah. Fuck me. Could you imagine a cult leader that has control of a red slot? And, and everybody has, you know, we're going to make the next three months of our lives the most important. We're going to live life to the fullest because we're all going to get scratched today. That was going to be my quest. Oh, was that your thing? I was like, you know I love cults. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, man. No, I, yeah, like, I love the idea of the fact that there's, like, this one leader who has control over multiple of these things. Yeah. And is basically just gathering as much control as it can, but its power is only so far. So it's very, very specific to a certain area. Mm. And then, yeah, and then your group happens to come across it. Like, I can see this being a horror zone in Strahd somewhere. I also love the idea that he doesn't quite understand because these things are born without the the control gems. Yeah. So he won't be able to control them, but he doesn't know that because he's never met a slot that didn't have a control gem. Yeah. Oh. So this is going to blow up in his fucking face. He's the only one that didn't, you know, get the scratch. He didn't drink the Kool-Aid. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And so... He's going to, I'm going to control an army. No, now you have blue slots, tons of them, and they're going to warp your ass. Yeah. Yeah. But I also love the idea of potentially someone knows that they can control these things by taking the gems out of their brain. Yeah. But fails a few times. So is now like psychotic. 
Because, like, they take all that psychic damage from failing to take it? No, no, it's a slot that takes the psychic damage. Oh, does it? Yeah. I thought it was the other way around. No, no, no. Because yeah, you're poking in their brain. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Yeah. Although, I do like the idea of, uh, of the... Ah, uh, oh, fuck, I screwed up again. All right, hold on. There's just, like, a pile of, of slot corpses. <laughs> <laughs> their, their fucking heads cracked open and just gems discarded in the corner because they're no good anymore. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> oh, and then they're trying to form all the gems together to make something that so they don't even need to go get control gems. I I just had no, I just had another idea, but I let you do yours, Kyle, because I don't want to step on anybody's toes. Yeah, like you all. Oh. I, f- I feel bad. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I was thinking about it. Like you can't really do anything too complicated with them the way they are. Um, I wouldn't mind doing something where you play up the rivalry between the reds and the blues. Yeah. Right. Like a. Like a slot Olympics. Yeah, yeah, we didn't really talk much about like if a, if a red was to meet a blue, what that would be like. Yeah. Right? yeah. Well, the reds would would the blue would smack the red around. The red would know that they can't take it, so yeah. the blue wins. So there we go. There's the power dynamic. Yeah. And they do what they're told. Yeah, that's true. Until they fuck off and go do something else, right? Yeah. I, uh, I'm down for the Olympics, though. Uh, can you imagine the NPC, the little girl who's just walking across the like walking along the road by herself, just a, a little elven girl by herself and and the party comes across her and the only thing of note about her is the fact that she's got this really nice necklace with a with a red gem right in the <gasps> center of it and they're like what are you doing in here by yourself she's like no I'm fine I'm protected and in the shadows her red slot is walking beside and watching and, and whatnot and she's got this protector that's so adorable mm, yeah. yeah that is some that I feel like that's some anime shit right that there that is some anime shit yeah. right there yeah 100% that's some cult anime shit right there yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that girl's gonna be your big bad evil guy real quick <laughs> Uh, Adam, what about exploration or clues? Uh, with these guys, I mean, they're pretty bestial. I was looking up what they're... They're smarter than a hill giant. They're sentient, right? So, um, and they have a language. They can speak. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is not grunts and, and groans. They just don't have a multisyllabic vocabulary. Yeah. Because why would they, right? Um, they can form full sentences. They can communicate what they need. And again, telepathic, right? So, and that's something we haven't really talked about. Mm-hmm. They're telepathic. They they're going to talk to you in your brain. What does that sound like? Well, it depends on how smooth they are. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I was gonna say, I was like, didn't we just talk about this? The smoother they are, the softer the voice. <laughs> I feel like they've all got like really snooty British accents when they're talking in your head. Yeah, <laughs> just trying to make themselves sound smarter. Yeah. <laughs> Is that what happens? I imagine they're just like skipping a bunch of words, right? Like, why use mo- Many words when few words do good. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Kyle. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, for exploration, I feel like you're following the body. This is yeah. a lot of the same with the tadpole. There's not anything that's too intense here except carnage. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, also, because they are spreading their um, their eggs, I don't think they're going to stick around in one area too long. Do you think they would want to see their, like, come to fruition, though? Or do you think they just, like, lay their egg and peace out? Do they care? Peace out, because it's going to form a blue or a green, both of which are going to try to take power over it. Over it, yeah, that's true. So it's just like, ah, Chris Slice, peace out, bye. Yeah. Yeah. I don't even think they mean to do it. It's just, like, a part of themselves, right? Yeah. Like, they just slash, and then an egg's in there. Yeah. I have a question. What pronouns do they use? It and they. 
They're hermaphroditic. Are they? Okay. Because they, I mean, none of them are wearing clothes. I guess the green one's wearing clothes in the picture. But, like, even then, it's a a skirt. Mm -hmm. But they clearly don't have genitals. Yeah. No. And believe me, I have Google search for slotty genitals. (laughs) Let let me tell you. (laughs) Megan, look at this. You are on a list somewhere. (laughs) Yeah. If any of our enterprising young fans would like to send Adam. <laughs> uh, you hate it. <laughs> Ribbit for your pleasure. Oh, Stop. Yeah, out of here. Oh, there it is. <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> uh, no, I, honestly, you're, you're following the carnage. And I think that yeah. there would be... Like, this remote farmhouse, you know, out in the outskirts of the city, uh, got attacked. One person was killed. Three other people were slashed. Uh, and then three nights later, uh, further down the perimeter of the of the kingdom, this happened to another farmhouse. And then it looks like it went, uh, it went in a little bit closer to the city for a little while and then uh, hit a couple of people there. Someone was mugged on the road and tells tales of a giant red toad that was with claws that came out and, like... This is kind of how you would start to hunt it down. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think it's going to come into the city. It's smart enough to know that's how it dies. Yeah. 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 No, I was thinking that, like, yes, the carnage of human bodies, but I can also... Because they can also do it to non-humanoid things. They just don't turn into a um, another uh, slot. They just die, right? Yeah. So, like, I feel like they would go after the crops. Because it would, like, feed on it just enough... And then it would scratch it to be able to feed on just enough. They would survive. And then, like, all of a sudden you have a bunch of, like, dead crops. Do you think mm-hmm. they can do it to, to, like, non-humanoids? I think it says that, like, it, if it, it can do it to any creature. But if it's a humanoid, then it turns into a slod. Okay. From what I understood. So it has no use for fey or celestials. Yeah. From what or... I understand, it is only humanoids that will turn. Yeah. That's the the writing on the... Uh, the flavor text yeah. for the okay. clause. It says, if it's a humanoid, it lays an egg. Yes. Therefore, yeah. if it is not a humanoid, I'm under the understanding that it probably just bursts out and it dies. Yeah, it, it would yeah. It would say that. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Okay. Hmm. Kyle, do you have any insights for exploration? No, I same it, thing It's as the you. same thing. Yeah. It's pretty straightforward with yeah. these guys. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, how about combat? I mean, they're ambushers if they're by themselves. Yeah. They're going to be bolder if they're with others and they're going to follow the other colored slotty. Right, so yeah, um, clearly, I think the biggest red slot in a group of red slot will be the leader. Uh, if they get cut down or they get even partway wounded, one of the other slotty might take the opportunity to knock them out, yeah, and become the I am the leader now, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, uh, you are injured, yeet, yeet, <laughs> if I say, yeah. <laughs> That's what I heard in my head because we're telepathic. Do you, do you think it's considered gauche to to? Implant eggs into other slotty? No, because I don't think there is any sort of societal expectation for them. No, but do you think they would inherently know the same way that we inherently know don't eat rotten meat, right? That it's it's built into biology to like to spread your genes far and wide and not not do that at home. Yeah, but right? I mean, like, do you think that the red slot would would know not to? If they were to, for example, hit a green slot with an egg, they're just going to make a different green slot. Like, what's the fucking point? Right? Yeah. So there's it's a victimless crime, right? It doesn't do anything. It just creates a new one of them. It might erase their memory. So let's say there's a green slot and it is your leader. 
you might put an egg in it so it kills them. Oh, no, but it's not a humanoid, so it wouldn't yeah, work. Yeah, they're not humanoids. No, they're, so yeah, they're aberrations. Okay, so, yeah. they, so they can't do it. Okay, yeah. Yeah. well, there we go. That answers that. There you go. Could you imagine the red slot that goes after the fucking mayor and gets him and then immediately turns into, like, a gray slot? Like, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck's wrong with you? Oh, my God, what did you get here? How long have you been <laughs> this guy? <laughs> Honest mistake, my guy. I'm yeah. so sorry. And everyone else in the town squares is listening to, like, angry ribbits between two <laughs> in the background. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, any other insights about combat? It's pretty straightforward. I, yeah. I feel like they're ambushers. I also yeah. just like the visual. Yeah. I feel like they sharpen their nails a lot. Like, like I don't know. I feel like they sharpen their claws. Okay. Uh, yeah, I feel like you'd see scratch marks on rocks and shit, too. Yeah. Like, you know, them trying to sharpen them up. I found one mention of them sleeping in all of my online research, and only one mention of it. And I feel like they don't sleep long or well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I feel like they don't have, like... Oh, it, it holed up here and nested for three days in this abandoned shed before it moved on. No, this thing's moving. Yeah. Right? So, Or it might hibernate while it's waiting for something. For cold-blooded creatures, and I assume because they're frogs, they're cold-blooded. Yeah. I assume that all aberrations are cold-blooded. But for cold-blooded creatures, it's called burmating, not hibernating. Which yeah. Is, which is... I don't know. Tired. Tired. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it just slows them down in the winter, and they'll sleep longer during the days, but they're still going to be relatively active. Yeah. um, They don't do a full hibernation like bears do. Mm. Um, How about blue slod? Blue slods! The blue slod. All right, well, they look big and beefy like toady frogs. So, broad shoulders, really creepy looking, kind of like dad bod, but like ready to, (laughs) to, you know, tank a fight, you know? (laughs) (laughs) But this is also frightening because they do stand at the tallest at 10 feet tall. So they're your, your big, big, big frog toad guys. The thing that I really like about them is their claws are different. Yes. So they have two very long scimitar looking claws on their hands that give them basically a special ability, which I'll get into a little bit later. But yeah, they're basically like weapons. They're, they're wolverine claws that yeah. they can't retract, right? As opposed to the fingernail claws of the red slot. Yep. So the special ability I'm talking about is that it can give its victims something called is the disease we've been referring to, which is the chaos phage. Uh, which, um, again, I'll go into detail when I get into the stats abilities. But they are seemingly unchanged for the D&D editions, other than, of course, as we spoke to, a couple of different things that have changed about their abilities over time. Um, but they are written as though, again, they are the grunt or errand runners for soldiers of more powerful slotty, so similar to the reds. This means that you can come across packs of these, in my mind. Um, not like the red ones where I feel like they're running around on their own. Like, I feel like these would come in packs. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, the yeah the red ones are going to be your foot soldiers in an army. These guys are going to be your, your corporals. Yeah, right. They're not officers, but they're trusted to do shit a little bit more. Yeah, yeah. They said the reds go. They'll maybe travel in gangs of like two to four. Yeah, um, where I think what I read these ones are like in gangs of like maybe six to ten ish. But they do technically prefer to travel on their own. Yeah, but they will travel in packs if they're if it's necessary. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so to get into their stats, they are, of course, a large aberration uh, that are chaotic neutral. Uh, they have natural armor of 15, uh, an average amount of hit points. They are over 100, so they're quite stronger than the reds. Um, so that makes them a CR of 7. Uh, they are beefed with a strength of plus 5 and a con of plus 4, followed by their dex at plus 2, with their int and wisdom and charisma being below average at negative 1. So still a little bit above your red, but 
uh, still below your average intelligence. They're thug level. Yes. Yeah. They're your they're your thugs. They're your bodyguards. They're your. This is the one that I imagine being the little girl's friend traveling behind in the in the forest. Yeah. Okay. Living in wait. See, the problem with that is that that little girl's gonna have weird frog like shit going on. Yeah. <laughs> She's got. That makes it hit different. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You, you go to talk to her and, and suddenly she has that like frog bulge on the neck. I imagine them having the same eyes. Yeah. Oh yeah, like the like, blinking like weirdly yeah. too. Ugh. All right, so they have an added plus one to their perception, which gives them a passive perception of 11. Uh, they do have, of course, damage resistance to acid, cold, fire, lightning, and thunder, along with dark vision and all those fun things that they, uh, the red, I think, had as well. Tadpole yeah. had all that shit too. Yeah, so yeah. all the same, same. Um, the main difference that they have is that they are more built for fighting. Uh, so we can see this in their attacks. They do have the three-time multi-attack of with one bite and two of their claws. Uh, but their claws are a little bit more beefed up. It increases to a plus eight to hit with 12 average damage, uh, along with their claws being a plus eight to hit with an average of 12 damage. Their claws, though, are what cause the Chaos Phage, uh, which is the disease we were talking about earlier. Uh, it's a 15 DC con save, or you are infected. During the infection, uh, you cannot regain, regain hit points, um, and your max hit points are decreased by 3d6 every 24 hours. <clears throat> so spell and the only thing like spells to get rid of it are like big ones like cure disease or gla- greatly restore vitality all those big reversal spells. There's less restoration is not going to do it. No. Right? I thought it was the only wish. Uh no no, like we'll get to the only wish. Oh, okay. So while you are diseased, these spells will help you while you're still alive. Oh, okay. So if their hit points are then re- are reduced down to death, they become a red slot. Um, unless they are a magic user already and have the ability to cast sp- like spells above level three, then you become a green. Wh- then only a wish spell can revert after they have transformed. Okay. Neat, this right? Is, this is delicious. Right? I thought that was really cool because like you could, like, because in my mind, because you've now, if you were to have this disease, phase yourself, slowly transform into a frog, like green or red uh, slot. How, like, how long does the transformation take? Uh, how long it takes you to die? It's that's that's as, it, hey. As soon as you're dead, you 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 are you are you change. Because you like slowly become it, right? Like you're the when that, you're dropping hit points, it's your body transforming. That's three d six is fucking terrifying for peasants because four hit points. Yeah, yeah. Right, like your commoners are four hit points. Your NPCs will drop that night. Mm-hmm. Right, they have twenty four hours. Your heroes will take a couple of weeks, but yeah. Crazy. So the other fun thing to note is that the disease can actually be detected by Detect Evil. Oh, all right. All right. Cool, cool, cool. So if you, again, as a DM, if you want to throw someone a bone to find out, or if you don't want to give them a bone, but like use the rules as written, if they use Detect Evil at some point, you would be able to detect that this person is diseased um, and possibly find out that a wish is like what spells you can use to revert it or again, be able to, um, I feel like you could detect it on an actual already transformed slot. And then use Wish to transform them back. Yep. So the other thing, though, to keep in mind, though, is that they lose all of their memories. You're rolling the dice, though, because if you use a Wish to turn them back, but they were made of the spawning stone, nothing happens. You burn your Wish. Yeah. Okay. And the presence of a of a control gem is a good indicator, but it's not 
foolproof because if they were from the spawning zone and had the gem removed and then destroyed, they still weren't another person. Yeah. yeah, but I can imagine that it's a pretty good bet if you detect it on a red because they don't inherently have the chaos phage. It's only the blue that you'd be able to detect it on right away. So if you came across a red, used the detect evil on it, and it's like, yes, you do detect that it has the disease, chaos phage, you can kind of safely assume that it once was something not of a slot. Oh, interesting. Does it still have the disease when it's a slot or or because it you hit zero hit points, you died? Yeah. Uh, it's not necessarily rules as written, but that's how I assume that it would work. It's weird that detect evil, but they're... Chaotic neutral. Yeah, so so I think that that detect evil is the phage itself. That is this almost curse that is mm. that is killing you. Yeah. So you'll only be able to do that till you hit zero hit points, and then after that, a slot is a slot is a slot. Okay, I like um, my I like my way better. I like your way as, as, as <laughs> a. I might throw that bone to my players, but I don't think that that's rules as written. Yeah. Fine. <laughs> I just thought it would have been a really fun plot hook to turn one back and see what happens. Yeah. Well, it depends on what your the wording of the wish is, right? Like, I wish they were no longer a slot. Maybe they just turned into something else. Yeah. Turned but into then, something worse. Yeah. But the kicker is, is that, like, and this is why, again, now that I speak about it more, it really doesn't make sense, is because when you do turn into a slot, you forget your past. You forget all your memories. You are a slot. Mm, yeah. So then if all of a sudden that was to be reversed and you went back to your human form, it's not like your memories would come back. No. Right? No, no, no. You, you regain your human form, not your humanity, not yeah. your... Not your history. And now Once you have again, this... wording of the wish. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I wish that they were restored to before the how they were. Right? Yeah. Like, sure. Something along those lines. Is, yeah. there, is there any more for these guys? No, that's pretty much it. Uh, grab dice. Oh, 20. I went from you 10 to 2 to 20. 20. Yeah. So you guys roll off on a 20. All right, Kyle. I got a one. I got a twelve. All right, Kyle, you're first, and then me, and then Megan. So, so Kyle, do you have a good quest for these blue slods? Yeah. So I was thinking some sort of genetic engineering scenario, right? Like I like the idea of a powerful mage got a bunch of control gems and now has all these blue and red slots, and he's been going all over kidnapping people to try and find the best combo of who to turn, right? Like what yeah. makes the strongest slots afterwards. And so the party goes to this prison, right? And then there's just all these slots, like too many to fight. So it becomes more of a creative play as opposed to a combat. Like, mm -hmm. how are they going to deal with this prison? That's a skill challenge. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. I, uh, my, my thing is that there's a blue slot who is making red slots. And if he can make enough red slotty, then he'll be able to challenge the green slot that only has four or five. Oh, and then he will be the powerful one. Yeah, yeah. I imagined uh, the blue one is creating its own army of slod. Yeah, yeah. So, so the blue one could move in a gang of up to ten other blue ones, or it can be you know king of the hill with a shit ton of red ones. Yeah, and again, I feel like you could also use this as the control stone pieces too. If you were to have an army, like the general of your army would be your blue slod. Could, could you imagine as well, like, the red slotty go out and they infect all of these these humanoids. And the and when they turn, right, um, when uh, the, the egg bursts forward and then that tadpole becomes a blue slot, the original blue slotty standing over there ready to just whoop their ass before they're completely mature, <laughs> just to keep it in fucking line, I am the leader here. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. 
Um, role playing tips? Uh, I mean, no different from a red, really. I mean, the only thing I can think of is they might lord their preeminence over the red. Like, oh, I am better than these guys. But yeah, I I do think that they're going to be more concerned with power than the reds are. The reds mm. are are eating. The reds are are concerned with food, drink, and 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 sleep. Yeah. The blue are also concerned with power. They're also, I think, going to be more likely to trade. I defeated this hero. I have no use for their armor. Yeah. You, however, have four horses. I will give you this magical armor that is worth ten thousand gold pieces for your four horses. I'm hungry. Yeah. They're not that much smarter than the red, though. It's, like it's what six to seven. Uh, yeah, but I yeah, feel like... Yeah, it's up by one. I, but the red don't have the power to be able to pull off anything. And the blue are smart enough to know it. Yeah, I feel like yeah. they, they're they're aware that they have a certain amount of dominance. So they can operate slower and take time to consider their options. Whereas I imagine the red are a little more sporadic. They have that chaos to them. They're just like, they're like operating on their needs. Yeah, right? it's, it's not a stat thing here. It's a power thing yeah. at this yeah. point, right? Where do they sit in the slotty uh, hierarchy? And they would inherently know that. Like I say, they're thug level. They're not They're not stupid, right? Um, and there's still a chaos to them. Mm-hmm. And they may change their tactics or their goals, but they're, they're very much going to be... They're going to have broader horizons than a Redwood. Yeah, I okay. The way I see it is that because they are so focused on power, that that's the only thing they think about, right? That's how they approach every situation. Like, oh, I am stronger than you, so you must do as I do, or as I tell you. Yeah, or so, I attack. So there's no bargaining. You're just gonna give me your four horses. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like they're not. That won't be their first idea. It's like, oh, you work for me now because I'm stronger. But they're still smart enough. You got to think about it like I, I do think about it like a gang leader, like a bandit captain kind of scenario, yeah. Yeah. where they're going to be smart enough to know I can't take these guys. These are legit heroes, but they have something I want. Mm-hmm. And if I get it, I become more powerful among my contemporaries because these guys are not out for world domination. They're not liches. They're not vampires. They're like they are violent. But they are still just an NPC race with their own motivations. And I think that while the red are violence and and chaos, the blue are violence and chaos and power. And they they don't have a three-year plan, but they've got a three-week plan. Yeah. But but I mean, that's the thing, too. Like, I would almost think that the red is more likely to do it because it understands its place more. So it's going to want whatever you have to make itself more powerful so that it doesn't have to worry about being um, taken into a gang by a blue. Sure. I, I, th- I see the blue doing the same thing, though, with the green. Yeah. The green has magic. How do I compete with magic? Yeah. Right? And so they're going to be looking for those those really big booms. So, Megan, you've been quiet. What? What? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, I imagine them, as I said, they operate slower. Like, if I was to compare a red to a a blue, you're going to play the red a lot faster, and I feel like you're going to play the blue a lot slower. I'm thinking, like, hyena versus a bear. Yeah. So when you're role-playing it, I feel like you're operating slower. Uh, Yeah, there's there's more immediacy for a red than for a blue. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Thug, that's just going to take its time to think about what it wants to do, not necessarily just react. Significantly smarter now than a hill giant, right? Like, these things are not just barely sentient. They do have 
plans and plots and schemes. They're just simplistic plans and plots. And yeah. Things, yeah. Right. So, um, exploration or clues, Kyle. I mean, same with the other ones. I don't think you're going to get anything really exciting from them. No. Or wherever they do, because I don't even think they'll. I I don't imagine the lower level slots really even paying attention to where they're going or where they came from. Right. They. You go, oh, what are the directions back to the castle? And they go, mm. yeah, uh, uh, we there was a waterfall at one point. When? Yeah, I, I don't know. What do I have a clock? Shut up, <laughs> right? Like, yeah. <laughs> um, shut up. That's when, right? And <laughs> I think that uh, that one of the things about the uh, if you're in a slotty adventure, you are going to need to keep an eye on the creatures that are slowly transforming. Yes, and I feel mm-hmm. like when you are. Losing your hit points, you're actively going through that transformation. Your skin is changing, your eyes are changing, your arms are getting longer. And this is where the body horror of the blue slot comes in, right? Because they're turning into red slots slowly. Yeah. Um, so you'll be able to find the blue slot by following all of the people that have been affected by the chaos phase. Yeah. Right? By watching this. Um, and like I say, NPCs. They don't have big lifespans and, and pools of hit points. So, no. the, like, the blue one's near. It's a mm. day or two away, right? Yeah. yeah. I, I like the Well, I guess you could do that, too, where you're following uh, either little bits of body parts yeah. down a trail, right? Like, it's just skin sloughing off, right? So you'll find a chunk of forehead and nose with cartilage still attached, just, like, laying there, and then a little bit more skin layered further down oh hell go go balls to the wall here kyle because like literally they don't have genitals anymore yeah i guess you can do that too but i mean yeah interesting choice (laughs) i also imagine that when they turn they're like turning on the inside underneath the skin and then all of a sudden the skin just opens up like a banana being peeled outwards and they burst forth from their yeah. own skin. And then it just like drops the skin. So you just come across these like. Oh, okay. I, I thought you were going somewhere else. I was thinking like their skin is changing, but their organs are also changing on the inside. Yeah. And so like the last thing, when they hit zero hit points, they just vomit up like their gallbladder and the and you know their kidney because they don't need to because the slotty only have one. Like, and there's a sack of organs. On oh, the that's pretty good too. Yeah. Mm gross but i also imagine that like if this was happening to one of your characters like very close npcs they're gonna try and keep them alive by healing them and they can't yeah right so it's kind of like that that very dramatic we've been through a dramatic scene where you can't heal someone and you're doing everything you can your power to heal to do these things and then like again the only way to detect it is detect evil no one's gonna think to use that no no like no, and there are going to be like, okay, remove curse? Fuck, that didn't work. Let's restoration? Fuck, that didn't work. Yeah. And you know that they're going to be sitting there going, hold on, I need another long rest. I'll change my spells and we'll try this. Yeah. And it's not working. No. Ugh, Too late it. by then. Yeah. Uh, combat? Uh, I think they're going to try to get in the middle of your a party and hit as many people as they can with their claws. They're yep. trying to sped, spread that chaos phage to as many people as possible. Yeah, I, and I think it's hit-and-run tactics with these yeah. guys as yeah. well. Like Barrel in like a bowling ball, just a bunch of pins, and then just run. Yeah. 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 You're not really going for kills with Slotty, which is weird if you've never run into them before, and this big toad creature comes in, slashes everyone once, and fucks off. And yeah. you've got enough hit points with a blue slot to hit a couple of party members. Even if you miss for a couple of rounds in initiative, yeah. you can stand there for a minute before you disengage and fuck off, right? Yeah. Megan, any any final thoughts about combat? 
Uh, no, I think we kind of hit it all, all, all the thoughts that I had. I think one of the big ones, though, is to remember that even when and the visual in my head is great, but even when they are coming in, doing their pack, like get the pack tactics. Yeah. If they're going to do it, they're going to come in together, do their hit, and then they're going to run. Yeah. But the beauty of it is, is to your point, the fact that most of your NPCs or PCs might not have a lot of hit points. They're going to start seeing the transformation right away. They're not going to chase after them. No. And if they do, that one that did, your rogue, that was slashed, now has like the, the phage, doesn't have a lot of hit points. They're going to run after this thing into the forest and disappear and not come back. Oh, you know, the moment that they get... Okay, so I'm a blue slot. I have scratched you, Kyle, right? So I know that you have this chaos phage, and you don't know it. And you come at me as a rogue... I'm going to grapple you, take your weapons, and hold you down and kidnap you and wait. Yeah. I bet they've got people kidnapped yes. as well. What that it was actually kind of mentioned that in a couple of like the weird readings of like past histories of them was that a lot of the times what they do is they do corral them together. Yeah. Mm. So they'll take all the ones that they know that are diseased and put them in one place and wait for them to transform. That's so internment camp shit. Yeah. That it's mm. that's Maybe the most evil thing we've just... Well, I mean... The, the Which is why I didn't really want to touch on it, just because of how sensitive it can be, but, like, at the same time, in a D&D campaign, that's something you can come across. Yeah, that, that's dark as fuck. Because you come across a corral, these things are, like, half-transformed, like, just transforming. Yeah. And then... Or already have, right? Like, you find the aftermath of this thing, so you just find all these bodies literally. And to your point, if they're bursting out of, out of the shell of a human, you're finding human shells. Yeah. Right? Like, this is, again, it goes back to, like, the alien-esque, like, like, body horror. Yeah. You now see the shell of a human cracked open. Yeah. Like. Okay, so I wanted to ask this earlier. With the chaos phage. Let's say that your players have now figured out what this is. How do they protect against it? I, I don't think you can. Uh, armor that is that can't be pierced. Like, like high AC armor? Yeah. No, protect from good and evil? Well, maybe? it's not even good and evil, right? Because it's not. Well, um, if you can detect evil. On it, right? Yeah, but it's the protect protection from good and evil is specific about it, it has to be like celestials and fiends yeah. and undead. Yeah, like it's it's not going to cover these. Um, honestly, uh, range don't get within their movement speed. Mm. If they run at you, you if they double move at you, you double move away. You wait yeah. for them to not double move, and then you get a ranged attack in. Yeah, and then you like this get is higher than them. Yeah, this is really going to be you playing the 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 terrain to your advantage to knock those hit points down as quickly as possible. Mm. Um, and uh, and this is when shield prep shield and mage armor. Right, uh, you want to do things like uh, have your protection um, paladin yep. there, right? The, the protection fighting style. Like there are some some little strategies to use, but if you're hunting four of these things, someone's gonna get hit by this, yeah. right? Especially if, yeah, especially if they are going around in a pack, right? Yeah. And then as soon as they get them, now you have to worry about the red ones, yeah, because those are now popping off. In the middle of the town, right? And they're making blue ones. Yeah. Whoa. <laughs> but it takes three months to make a blue one. Yeah. <laughs> but you don't even know until the day up. How are you going to know? Yeah. They're never going to know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So before we wrap this episode up, let's cut to uh, our last ad break. If you've been inspired by the conversation in this episode, please feel free to reach out and share your creativity and ideas with us and the rest of the community. You can reach us on Facebook and Instagram or on our subreddit r slash it's a mimic 
Also, if you're feeling particularly generous, please follow and subscribe and leave us positive reviews, likes and comments. Engagement like that help us pop up on search engines and keep the show running. Alright, so guys, after this, are you team red or are you team blue? Like, blue pill, red pill, which one are you going to go for? Oh, man. I th honestly, I think blue is so evil. Like, that chaos phase is just it's, merciless. It's, dude, yeah. And I love it. Of I course. Love, I love it. You can affect two people <laughs> each round. But my thing with the red is if, that yeah. I can I can implant that so early in a campaign yeah. and not touch on it until I need a random encounter <laughs> way later. <laughs> Add it to your random encounter yeah. list. This may occur, may yeah. not occur. Uh, Dan explodes. <laughs> <laughs> of course, it's gonna be Dan's yeah. character. One hundred percent. Oh man. <laughs> so I'm Team Blue from the storytelling perspective. I'm Team Red from from the the chaos perspective. Yeah, yeah. and like the fact that the you're. It, it's been, it, I guess it will depend on the level of your group as well, depending on which one you're going to use. Yeah. I feel like you're not going to throw a blue one at your level two to three party. <laughs> like that, that's just fucked, but you might throw a red at them. I would t totally throw a red at them to scratch everybody once and then leave, and everyone's going to be like, what the fuck was that? And about? then that's yeah. a nice quest start, right? Yeah. Like, And you learn a lot about like diseases, and I might die, and my NPC is dead, and this is a deadly game. Like, Yay. Yay. I actually changed my answer i'm team little girl oh yeah. okay yeah <laughs> with back the on the list yeah Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> um so that's all for this discussion on slatty in fifth edition make sure that you subscribe or follow and check back regularly to see what inspirations and insights we'll have for you in the future the next time we circle back to the monsters we'll be looking into the three really scary slots that bring all the nightmares next week We'll be looking into one of the most common damage-dealing aspects of the game after combat. Thank you for listening to another episode of the It's a Mimic podcast. If you'd like to support us, we have a donate button on our website, www.itsamimic.com, a store with some It's a Mimic merch, and a Patreon. This episode and others can also be found on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, and most other podcast apps. Thanks again for listening to It's a Mimic, where you never know what you're gonna get. This has been an It's a Mimic production. Please check the show notes for this episode to see links, time codes, and credits, and don't forget to reach out and share your own inspirations. I was just kind of like slightly offended for a hot second. I was like, um. <laughs> <laughs> Waffle. Like, is that the word of the year with you? That's three times. Yeah, I can actually do it in sign language too. Can you? Twat waffle. <laughs> do you have to say it in the book? Yes. <laughs> oh, also, right. is it like one sign or are you doing twat and then waffle? Twat waffle. <laughs> God damn, I have learned a thing that I will never let go of. Thank you, TikTok. <laughs> uh, who's got a like twat. <laughs> What's up, Dan? <laughs> Don't make me the new Dan. Uh, that uh, that is what we have Terry for. That's true. Okay, see you next time.